So prioritizing first things first and really figuring out what's going to move the mark given to where you are and where you want to go is a, you know, the way that that strategy comes to life. You're listening to Sunny Side Up, a B2B podcast that brings you the juiciest insights from go-to-market leaders and practitioners. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Sunny Side Up podcast. Uh, I'm your host, Tamim Barir, today. Really excited to talk with Bobby Greenberg on the topic of Big L versus Little L. With over 25 years in strategic marketing, loyalty, and innovation roles as a client, vendor, and consultant, Bobby brings a well-rounded and creative perspective to Kofi Marketing. In his role as Chief Marketing Officer, he advises clients on creating, enhancing, and transforming their customer loyalty strategies to maximize ROI and customer engagement. Bobby, I'm really excited to talk to you today and welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me. Happy to be here. Of course. Well, uh, let's go ahead and kick things off. Bobby, to open it up, can you kind of help explain the concept of big L versus little L loyalty? Sure. When we talk to people about loyalty, what typically comes up is loyalty program or a rewards program. We refer to that as programmatic loyalty. So all of the things that companies do that are more on the initiative or program side, that's the little L loyalty. But there's something bigger at play here. And this is more like brand love, right? The overarching uh, emotional connection that consumers have with brand, that's the big L loyalty. And what we do at Kobe Marketing is we work with companies to try to converge those things and make them the same thing because... Here's a, a travel, uh, you know, travel and hospitality do a really good job of this, right? I'm an American Airlines um, person and have been for a long time. And, you know, the airlines and a lot of the hotels will enroll almost all of their customers in the loyalty program. And in fact, I don't even get any communications from American from American Airlines themselves. All of the communications are from American Advantage, which is their loyalty program. And so they have effectively 100% of their customers enrolled in their programmatic loyalty initiatives. That is not true as you go to retail or QSR or financial services. So this is where we're trying to help companies realize the full potential of how to get to do little L that's going to drive big L loyalty and over that, you know, more brand love for the, the entire customer base. Yeah, that's, that's an awesome example. I didn't even realize that, you know, kind of streamlining, streamlining the loyalty process in the background there. You know, as we think about loyalty Bobby, what are the loyalty drivers and how can marketers tap into them? Yeah, so at Kobe, we've been doing loyalty with brands across industries for over 30 years. And we've really identified universal drivers of loyalty. This is what makes consumers really loyal to brands. And we've done this because we've done strategy, we've built technology, and we've been running these programs for so long, we've really boiled them down to six things. So let me just walk you through what the six things are, and then we can talk about how marketers can tap into them. So number one is brand affinity. What is the overall awareness and um, satisfaction with consumers to the brand promise? Number two is product value. So what is the price and value relationship? Are you a low cost provider? Are you a luxury brand or something in between? And where is it relative to the competition? The third one is rewards. And when we start talking to brands about loyalty, this is where they go almost all the time first. And this is what are the rewards? Uh, what's the breadth of them? How attainable uh, are they? And what's the value of the rewards themselves? 
But as you move into the other drivers, they get more into the soft benefit space. Number four is really around convenience. How easy is it for consumers to work with your brand or interact with your brand? And then this is also where the omni-channel comes into play. How seamless uh, is it to, to kind of experience the brand across channels? Number five is special access. This is where we see things like exclusivity, uh, experiential, and even communities where uh, consumers are building relationship with other consumers, whether that's getting information or otherwise. And finally, six is personalization. And the way we think about this is how does the, the brand deliver messaging and ultimately that relevance down to the individual level? These are the six things. They're, they're not uh, relative to a certain situation or a certain industry. These are really the six universal drivers. And uh, we work with brands to make sure that, okay, well, how are you delivering those things across the board? We would suggest to you that increasing one individually is a good thing. But, you know, the idea is, is what if you could move the, the mark here and, and move closer to best in class across all the board, across the board. But we recognize that's a, that's a daunting task. It can be very expensive. So prioritizing first things first and really figuring out what's going to move the mark given to where you are and where you want to go is, a, you know, the way that that strategy comes to life. But all of this is really driven to how do you get more incremental spend and behaviors that make money for the brand while you're also getting more emotional connection and that brand love? We believe those things could be the same thing. And we work with a lot of uh, you know, competitors that really see emotional loyalty as an output. Like that's the, that's the uh, feeling people get once they do all these other things. We believe it's an input as well and that you can drive that emotional uh, attachment by using these drivers in a smart way. And I want to make sure I heard you correctly, right? There's there's six loyalty drivers, Bobby. And did you mention that it's important for marketers to be able to tap into all of those to achieve a true marketing you know, loyalty program? Or can you push, you know, move the mark with an individual or a couple of those drivers? Yeah, I think you can move the mark uh, on just one and, you know, trying to figure out, you know, what's the one that's most attainable uh, for, for you as a brand that you can get, you know, move up, right? You know, sometimes when we work with our uh, workshop on drivers, we ask people, hey, where are you today on the individual drivers and where do you want to be, right? Um, and you would think that everybody goes, well, I'm wherever I am, you know, five, six, eight, and I want to be a 10 everywhere, we almost never see that as an initial thing because people are pretty realistic that being a 10 across the board is, is very hard to pull off. And like I said, you know, could be very expensive. But, but again, we would argue that, hey, pick one um, and, and try to move that up where you can create impact. And obviously, the more you can, you know, the more coverage you have across the drivers, we think the better uh, impact uh, you'll, you'll make. But, but it isn't, well, if you can't get all six, uh, sorry, you know, you're not going to have much value creation. We think any, anything is good. Anything incremental and forward uh, will produce results. Awesome. Sounds like you guys have a, a very strong kind of crawl, walk, run strategy towards, um, you know, increasing those drivers across a brand. You know, what proprietary tools is Kobe using now to kind of help brands capitalize on that, that big L, big loyalty? 
Yeah, we've got a couple of things. We again, we use this driver framework um, in as a tool set, right? To not only benchmark and align organizations of again, what are they current state and where do they want to do future state and what might that mean? Because um, that's going to drive a bit essentially a playbook and an action plan. But we also start with uh, our proprietary loyalty assessment. And th- what this does is take those drivers from a consumer's perspective and benchmark brands, uh, you know, against their, their competitive set, their other competitors in their vertical, and then overall. And it's over, you know, 125 factors that we look at across the, these um, vectors to, to, to understand where you are. Because everybody wants to know, oh, well, this is what I think I am, but, you know, what am I really uh, and how do I stack up against the com- competitors? So we use our loyalty assessment and the loyalty drivers together. And then this idea around data capture, you know, you can't read any marketing, you know, uh, blogs or newsletters where they are talking about uh, data and personalization and then all of the trends that are creating more security and more privacy. And it's making it harder and harder for marketers to create that personalization because the, the, the rules around capturing that data are getting tighter. But we we believe that, you know, having a uh, multi-threaded lens to data is critical, and we call that triple play data. And, you know, most of the marketers really focus on the transactional elements of it. And um, there's nothing wrong with that. That, that makes a lot of sense. Um, you can capture that through point of sale or through the e-commerce tools that are readily available. But that only tells you half the story. Just because someone spends a lot with you doesn't make them loyal at all. And it certainly doesn't indicate that they're emotionally loyal that, you know, have that brand love. So what we like to do is think about, well, how can we also get two other views to get to the triple play? The second one is around the behavioral part. You know, what are they doing in terms of the communications? How are they engaging? What are they opening? What are they clicking on? What content are they spending time with? What channels are they coming and using the app? And in what way are they coming to the website? Are they visiting the store? That's all the behavioral information that you want to stitch together with the transactional. And then finally, layer on the emotional data. And we really believe that, you know, we lead the market in emotional loyalty data capture. And we have a proprietary tool called Emotional Loyalty Scoring or ELS, where we can quantify um, the emotional motivations of consumers. And this is based on a lot of academic research and a bunch of uh, data science that we layered on top of it um, to create the tool. But imagine a world where you had all the transactional information you needed at a pretty granular level. You knew how people were engaging with you from a behavioral standpoint. And then you layered in how they're emotionally motivated just think about going back to the drivers that we were talking about before, how you could build a playbook uh, and, frankly, a, just a go-to-market strategy from your marketing perspective of how to optimize on that. So, so those are three, um, and I'll talk a little bit about more about ELS in a second. But then the final um, proprietary tool is really our financial modeling um, practice and tool set. We have a couple of different versions of it. But we really take the economics of loyalty, which include things like redemption and liability and cost of rewards, 
And we layer that on top of the core business economics of our, our brands. So for retailers, it's one thing. For travel companies, it's another. But it is really, you know, the way that they look at it is more and more we talk to, to brands around the return on investment of those marketing uh, investments. I mean, as we talk about big brands, they spend lots of money, millions of dollars on MarTech tools, Right. And now where does loyalty fit into that infrastructure as well as sort of the marketing machine? So we help brands um, really figure out how to just sort of get return on that investment and, and, and optimize it. So at the end of the day, we definitely want to do the right thing for the customer, right? Because we think we can drive all of the right things, uh, you know, at the emotional loyalty level all the way down. But it's got to make it's got to make dollars and cents for the brands themselves. And we help we help companies do that. Of course, and and you you made a point, Bobby, that really kind of um, struck with me is that you know just because a brand spends a lot of money with you or a customer spends a lot of money with your brand doesn't necessarily mean that they're loyal, right? The emotional side is a big driving factor behind that. And you mentioned that you had some more to kind of talk about on the emotional emotional loyalty scoring. So we'll love to open it up to you on on that note. Yeah, so we really have boiled down, there's there's three elements and then a combination of these elements of what drives people intrinsically, like what what's their motivation that, that gets them to be emotionally connected. The first one is around habit. And so this doesn't mean that these are people that like to, you know, just do the same thing over and over again. What happens is that they, they like things emotionally that create routine and consistency. You know, we talk about uh, the people that, uh, you know, go to Starbucks, they drive or, you know, take the same route to get there. They order the same drink, uh, usually from the same barista every morning. Right. Those are people that are exhibiting habitual behavior. But there's a reason behind that for some of those people that that's just comforting for them. OK. And so when that, uh, you know, there's construction on the road and they have to go a completely different way or they're out of a certain, um, you know, ingredient, it's more than just a little thing for, for those people because they've disrupted the entire habit and the, and the reason why they're engaging with that brand. The section, second thing is uh, status. And, you know, we've even worked in the airline space where like, oh, you mean like the, the VIP statuses of the tiers of the loyalty program? I don't mean that. I mean, like people that like to feel special because they're engaging with the brand. Right. And there's something that 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 really drives them intrinsically. And what we've seen sometimes, even in the airline space, that people are at the lower tiers, not at the executive platinum, back to use the American example, that are motivated by status. And then the last one is reciprocity. This is where people are motivated by building what I would call a two-way relationship with the brand. They know that as I engage with a brand more, their expectation is the brand is going to give back to me more in a, in a relevant way. And they're very much interested in going just beyond the transactions. So uh, a brand that's really good at that and a beacon of that is think of an REI that has a whole cooperative where, you know, that's what it's designed to do is to build that relationship with their customers. So, and then there's combinations. And we just did a research study earlier in the year that said that the people that are both status and reciprocity driven together that have high marks for that emotional uh, driver and emotional loyalty refer more 
they spend more orders of magnitude, two to three times higher on all of the quote unquote good behaviors. So again, if you're just looking at the transactional information, it's not going to give you an insight into that. And we think that matters more than just a little bit. Gotcha. So it sounds like you really need the the tools behind it to be able to understand um, loyalty beyond transaction, right? There's so many other things that, that play into that. Um, so really I think, appreciate that. I think, you, I think you really just want to make sure you're looking for those things. So asking the questions, I mean, you can do things with consumer research and surveying and uh, things like net promoter score that are that are scratching the surface. But yeah, I think the more and more you understand that emotional uh, piece of it, uh, the, the closer you are going to get to the target, the bullseye. Totally. Um, well, got a little two part question coming up for you, Bobby. So, you know, how are you and, and Kobe Marketing currently adapting to the current economic downturn? With that being said, I did just check out a study from the uh, loyalty management software market report that shows that the total market in your space is actually anticipated to rise at a considerable rate through 2025. So, you know, with the economic downturn and the rise in the, the market space that you guys operate in, how does Kobe plan to capitalize on that growth and differentiate your offering in a, a growing market? Yeah, I think uh, it's it's a lot of the things that we were already talking about. But to tell you the truth, you know, real loyalty that goes after the big L loyalty is the perfect anecdote to a downturn in the economy and a, and a downward pressure on on business, right? Because now it's even more important to make sure that your highest value customers, uh, your most engaged customers are the ones that, you know, continue and stay with you and come back faster if they've, you know, if they've left. And so we've been working with a lot of our clients on that, you know, recovery. And we're, we're seeing a lot of them already through to the other side of that. But it really is making sure you're focusing on the things that ultimately matter the most for that longer term. I think there's the knee jerk reaction is for uh, people to think about, well, I need to get my revenue. So, you know, I've got to do heavy promotions and just sort of just get do whatever I can to, to try to get spend uh, as quickly as possible. And again, you know, we're helping clients understand that there, there's a short-term uh, benefit and a longer-term cost to the, that type of strategy. And what if we were able to do, you know, kind of drive those transactions and create that emotional connection at the same time? That's really the, the sort of the, the best case scenario. So that's really, you know, what's worked for us so far through the last couple of years of some pretty strange times. Um, and again, we're working across industry, right? Um, so in the travel space, for example, there's a lot of lot less people that started tra- that traveled. So what did they go to? They went to more spend based programs as opposed to more activity or, or travel based programs. And again, if you focus on convenience, special access and personalization, those those more soft benefit oriented drivers of loyalty, you can still um, you know, create that engagement and that um, success, even when people aren't on a train. They're not renting a car. They're not, you know, flying. So this is where we're just, you know, again, having a very strategic approach to focus on the right people for the right reasons. And, you know, we think that's the best, uh, um, you know, uh, strategy for a downturn. Thank you for that. I definitely agree with you there, Bobby. And uh, 
you know, moving forward, the, the Sunny Side Up pod, um, podcast listeners love getting perspectives from marketing leaders like yourself. So we'd love to get some recommendations on, um, you know, as you think about kind of the marketing B2B space, are there any books, you know, blogs, newsletters or, or websites that you would recommend or that have given you a unique perspective? Yeah, I think uh, there's a couple. There's there's one professor at Wharton that um, talks about it from a little bit different angle, and he's talking about it more from the organizational uh, perspective and out. Uh, so Adam Grant, um, who's an organizational psychologist, really has a, a blog around work life, and he's been really uh, focused on, hey, with uh, more remote, remote uh, workforces and these types of things. And the reason why I bring that up as important is how organizations and large companies and small and medium companies, how they are setting themselves up just to operate will have an impact on how they market to the consumers and what what their brand promise ultimately show, how it shows up in the marketplace. So that's one. I think uh, another one that I follow is a, a, a colleague of mine, Daryl Travis runs a company called Brand Trust. And these guys are really focused on um, sort of the emotional elements of the brand promise. Um, and they, they're a pretty heady firm. And they have a, a blog, a newsletter that you can subscribe to, as well as uh, lots of content on their website. Those are, those are two good ones. The last one um, I'll mention to you, too, is Chip Heath, who's written a lot of books uh, with his brother. But he has one that's relatively recent called, called Making Numbers Count. Part of the Art form in all of this is, you know, if you're going to collect that triple play data, how do you figure out what's what it's really telling you and what's most important? And one of the biggest concepts that they talk about in the Making Numbers Count uh, book is how the human brain is not conditioned to, to really do or understand math uh, naturally. And um, when you say numbers like, you know, millions and, and, and percentages that our brains just don't process that, you know, in the right way. And he's got some really creative and interesting uh, insights on other ways to visualize data and to understand the relationships of data. So that's another one that, um, you know, is, is kind of universal that uh, I would recommend to the listeners to, to take a look at. Yeah, that sounds really interesting. You said that was called Make Numbers Count, correct? Yeah. Awesome. I'll, I'll definitely have to check that one out myself and a couple of the others that you, you mentioned. So, Bobby, I've really enjoyed having you on the podcast today. Uh, it's been really unique and gained some really great, great perspectives from you. So thank you for that. And thank you for being on the, the Sunnyside Podcast show today. Thanks for having me again. Enjoyed the conversation. Of course. Today's episode is made possible by Demandbase. Demandbase is smarter GTM for B2B brands to help marketing and sales teams spot the juiciest opportunities earlier and progress them faster. Thanks so much for tuning in to this episode of Sunny Side Up. If you liked what you heard, please rate and review us and subscribe to our show on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you consume podcasts. You can also find us on YouTube and Demandbase TV. 